Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, Christine gives us a quick summary of which supplements are best for muscle growth. We discuss peptides, creatine, the right proteins to use, and of course, amino acids. Christine, best supplements for muscle growth, what are they? Okay, of course it's international protein. Yep. Anything by international of course, protein you is might good be for muscle slight, growth. You might be slightly biased there. Well, yes and no. I mean, obviously I do develop products for what I think will work. Mm-hmm. Muscle growth being one of the things that I had in mind, obviously, when we developed them. But in all seriousness, obviously the number one thing for muscle growth has to be protein. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have extra protein, you're not going to grow the muscle. I mean, obviously, if you have protein without training, you're also not going to grow the muscle. So, but we'll assume that people are training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just going back, this is one of the questions that we did get asked. I put up a post on my Instagram about what people wanted to hear about. And obviously, a lot of people kind of said, yeah, we don't know what to take uh, to actually grow muscle. But I do kind of want to clarify that you do have to train because some people do think that just taking a supplement and not putting the work in in the gym is going to grow muscle. But the two things obviously go hand in hand. So most of us are probably going to go, yeah, of course. Um, But I do just want to put that out there that don't just go and take some supplements and then say they didn't work if you weren't doing a training program or something to actually make you grow muscle. And um, that can be the thing that people aren't necessarily following a program that helps them to grow muscle. So Mm -hmm. let's assume that you're doing that. The number one supplement, obviously, that you would look at taking is a protein. And everyone automatically kind of says they have it post-workout. But I personally believe that you need to look at protein as a quantity that you need to have, you know, throughout the day and an amount that you need to have based on your body type, body weight, and I guess a little bit your body type, but mostly your body weight. Let's assume that you're wanting to grow muscle. I would, I'm going to have to convert this back into kilos, but if you're going to go about 1.2 grams per pound, so it's a little over that one for one, so it ends up at a couple of grams per kilo or just over. If you're weighing 70 kilos, you might be wanting to have up around about 180 grams per day of protein. Right. So it's a, it's a, which is a, quite a lot when you think about it. So then you would break that down into, say, five different meals. So you wouldn't try to have that all straight after your training. And so, some of them would be meats and some of them would be powders. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I always like to have that mixture. But, and that's why, and, but that's really why the powders come about is because if you're trying to get 180 grams of protein, keeping in mind that steak has about 28 grams per 100 grams uncooked and chicken has about 20 grams, maybe 22 per 100 grams. It's a lot of meat. Hell of a lot of meat. And it's a decent bill as well, isn't it? Exactly. So protein protein powder is not only a convenient way because, you know, think about physically having to chew all of that, having to cook all of that and pay for all of that. So protein powder is perfect for fitting in there. Some obviously are suited to have straight after training, but if you're eating five meals a day or six meals a day, then you want to have pretty much, you know, try to make it as equal an amount at each meal. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, it comes to that kind of, um, you know, 30, roughly 30 grams a meal, somewhere between 25 and 35 is, is ideal. And that's, you know, roughly what a serving of, of protein powder has. So that would be your number one. If, you, if you're training really, really hard and you have that requirement for protein and you're not fulfilling it, then you are going to be compromising your muscle growth. So that's simple without, you know, taking anything else on top of that. 
my next supplement for muscle growth really would be would be creatine because obviously to grow muscle you need to overstress the muscle and you need to make it give it like give it a reason to basically repair which is where the growth comes in so if you're just training at a, a status quo you're not putting your weights up you'll get a certain amount of muscle growth initially but then if you're not in you know, not continuing to progress and not continuing to put more overload on your muscle and do more weight, then the body has no reason to grow that muscle. Like it's it's at a status quo. So you need to continue to go that little bit heavier or find ways of putting your muscle under more tension. And, you know, we've talked about different rep speeds and we've talked about drop sets and we've talked about other ways of doing that because it's just going heavy isn't really suitable for everybody, particularly as they get older. But if you're able to use heavy weight, then, you know, that's basically the number one thing that you need to do. But where the creatine fits in is it allows you to go heavier. It gives you more strength and that's going to allow you to, to progress. So it's a really, really good supplement for that. And do you use it all the time or is it something you'd cycle on, cycle off? It's something like with the creolcline that we have, you don't technically have to cycle off it mm-hmm. um, and, and on it. But what I do find is that you can build up a little bit too much creatinine in your system mm-hmm. and that can cause problems around the, the uric acid buildup and, you know, people getting gout and, and things like that, which is very, very painful um, and it feels like maybe you've broken your toe or something. And it is something, again, that as people get older or um, just some people are more susceptible to it. And I know that myself, if I do creatine, creatine it's kind of hit and miss. Like sometimes I might be fine for three months and then sometimes I might use it for a month and then find that I have a problem. So it's something I, I, I can't, because I eat everything very consistently, I can't say, oh, maybe it's another factor affecting it. So it is just something that um, to be mindful of. So what I try to do is just have it on training days and then sometimes it will come off for a couple of weeks just to let that level settle out in my body. But other people will be perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, But it's definitely, you know, we've talked about creatine in the past where you don't necessarily have to take it pre-workout or post-workout. It just needs to be on a day and it will build up in your system. And obviously that's that's proven by the fact that... There's a huge amount of research and behind it from horse racing. Yeah. Humans now as well. It started out in horse racing more than 20 years ago. Um, but if you look at the studies, you know, they go back, you know, into the late 90s. It's one of the most or probably the most researched natural supplement around, you know, over 20 years worth of research. And there's, I think, over 80% of the papers are all, you know, positive definitely there is a benefit from that so yeah so that's that's why you know for muscle growth it would have to be after protein the number one i, I guess what you call supplement because protein powder I, I guess i call a food not a not a supplement um so that would be my next one to go to if you're trying to grow some muscle now protein protein is one thing but we don't really under talk calories and again you know if you're trying to gain muscle you can have all the protein in the world. If you're not getting the calories that you need, that protein is going to get used for energy systems. So you need to actually be in a calorie excess to grow muscle as well. So with that may come a little bit of body fat, but you obviously need to get the calories in. And some people can do that just from eating food. Um, but that's where products like extreme mass and the heavyweight weight gainer come in. And we, we did a whole podcast on that and talked about the differences there. But those are obviously the two products that if you're trying to get extra calories in, and you're trying to gain weight and tr- sorry, trying to gain muscle, then those would be the ones that you would look to to just make sure you are in a calorie surplus. Or again, you can do all the training in the world, eat all the protein in the world, but if you're not eating enough calories overall, again, you're not going to get the muscle growth. And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes where people are wanting to stay super ripped but still grow muscle, they can fall into that trap of, um, of underdoing the calories and then 
you know, the more calories that you have, and I'm not to the point of, you know, gaining a lot of body fat, but obviously the more calories give you more energy, allows you to train harder. So you're then able to progress more because you've got more strength and you're pushing heavier weight. So it all it all ties around in, in a little circle like that. So they're very, very simply the best ones if you're trying to grow muscle. Now, obviously then you have things like your complete aminos, which is all of your essential amino acids and those are ones which can, you know, minimize not the breakdown because you have to break down the muscle during your training session to build it back up again, but those are the ones which put the amino acids into your system so that you have something to draw on when your body starts to to recover again and you minimize the, I guess, the detrimental damage and allows just the the essential damage to occur to the muscle. So that would be another product where if you're trying to grow muscle and you're wanting to optimize the conditions in your body, then that would be another product that I would look to. And that would be really quite simply the, you know, I don't want to overdo it because, you know, there's think, you know, things around like HMB, there's test boosters, there's all all kind of things which have been around on the market, but nothing that has a whole lot of really, really substantial proof. Like let's say like the creatine is very, very definitive. Things like HMB say that yes there may be some strength increase but again it's sometimes mainly just in older people um it, it's not a it's not a really cut and dried conclusive thing where a hundred percent you're going to get results out of that but it's certainly something that um falls into that category of, of a you know a product that people can use for muscle gain the um the other thing that we will probably talk about in a whole separate podcast is peptides mm-hmm. now i just wanted to clear up um because I, I know when i mentioned it to you ash you're like oh you've got peptides in your amino charged WPI. Yeah, very confusing subject for me. Yeah, so so peptide, peptide is just a word that means that you took a whole protein and you broke it up, you know, using enzyme to smaller amino acid chains because obviously a protein is made up of a whole series of amino acids strung together in various different formats and that's every protein is like that. So then to make a peptide, a peptide just means either like di or tri like two or three little amino acid chains so it's a, a much more quickly absorbed. So when it comes to talking about WPI or a whey peptide, it's that whey protein that's been cut up into shorter chains. So your body absorbs it a lot more quickly. Right. And then, then obviously something like a complete aminos has the casein peptides, which is all of the amino acids that exist in casein, but just chopped up into smaller pieces. So you get the benefits of those amino acids and the profile of that particular protein you get them absorbed very, very rapidly. So you can use them a lot quicker. That's what a peptide is when it relates to the protein powders that we have. Then there's peptides, which are essentially, um, I guess, biological substances, which either, they have, I mean, they have so many different uses, but the ones that we're talking about, I guess, in relation to sports supplements and really anti-aging is the ones which will either imitate growth hormone or help your body to produce more growth hormone or repair injury, basically work at that level within the body. So what we will do is we will do a whole separate podcast um, on this topic because I think that um, peptides got a little bit of a bad reputation, I guess, because people are very confused about are they steroids? Are they drugs? Like what are these things? And now I think with more knowledge and more research, they actually have a a really big place in anti-aging. They are medically prescribed, but they are something which, you know, for people who are over 40 with the right health checks are able to get them prescribed by a doctor and they have, you know, massive benefits around, I guess, anti-aging, like because most people don't want to, I guess, suffer what comes with natural aging. What about people under 40? Do they use them as well? I, now that's an interesting thing. So if it comes to something like injury healing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. yes, something like 
growth hormone, you know, that I guess the argument is will they get a benefit because if their natural levels are already at a yeah. certain level, will yeah. it still continue to work? And I have to do a little bit more research because I've only kind of looked at it as an older person because I'm also not sure if they're available to younger people. Right. Because um, obviously once you're over a certain age, there's certain things which are more available to people because of that anti-aging. So right. I guess it's the responsibility of the medical profession to make that decision that um you know your levels drop at a certain age mm-hmm. and if your levels are low then you can be boosted like like hrt and, and things like that like they don't give that to someone who doesn't need it so mm-hmm. it's all about bringing you back to your normal range not augmenting your normal level but we'll delve into that on a different podcast um because i do need to check the legality around that because yeah. um, as i said i know that sounds um, like a fascinating discussion though it, it's a fascinating discussion and there's a lot of different compounds which all do various different things but basically they are around putting your body back into that state as to when you were young because obviously when you're younger you can train heavier and yeah. harder and longer and you can be a little bit less diligent on your diet and your body just recovers mm-hmm. and you don't lay down the body fat. So all of that is to do with the different hormones that are existing within your body. So the peptides are functioning in there to try to replace, you know, bring bring you back to that younger age group. Uh, and it can be, you know, other things as well, like things like hair growth and skin, um, you know, how your skin is and everything and all that they can help on a whole bunch of different things because there's just such a broad range of them. So as I said, we um, we will talk about that in more detail, but I just hopefully cleared up about the difference between a peptide that you see in a food product, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with the peptides, which will be associated with anti-aging and potentially fat loss and muscle growth and injury recovery and those things which are more pertinent to, um, to weight training. Okay. So just to summarize um, what we've talked about in this episode, so the supplements that are best for muscle growth are? A protein, yep. um, and I, I suppose I probably should say, like you know, what type of protein? It's multiple proteins. Multiple proteins, it? but if you're going to talk about the post-workout one, then obviously a quick-acting one. But WPI. WPI, yep. yeah, amino charged WPI. But if you're talking about throughout the rest of your day, then I always do encourage people to go with a more blended type of protein or something which has a broader variety of amino acids in it. Mm-hmm. But that, but protein as a category. Then obviously the, the the creatine or the creoclin complete aminos, which is your essential amino acids. And if you're a, a person who really can't get enough food in, then a weight gainer, so something like extreme mass or the heavy weight gainer, are um, your calorie givers because they will give you still some protein and contribute towards that. But it's very very simple. It's not a you don't have to be worried about whether you're having a whole bunch of you know whether you've got your pre workout or your um, pharmaceutical type. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, HMBs and test boosters and all that kind of thing. Keep it very, very simple. Okay. Fascinating stuff, Christine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ash. Words of wisdom. If you like what you've heard, recognize that these tips, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal international protein customer by jumping online, hunt our product down and hit that buy now button. So once again, like, share and subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to bring you these episodes from our one and only Aussie muscle guru, three times world champion, Christine Enville.